we have um, Pastor Stan and Kathleen Fleming here this morning. They were the pastors that handed the baton to us 15 years ago. And we came up and, and just connected and we saw so many just God miracle things when it came to you know, His will being known. And uh, a lot of what we're experiencing today really started with a, a group of Mellow Mountain hippies over 40 years ago that just loved Jesus. You're going to see some pretty cool pictures. Um, but what God has done in, in, in the church here, uh, it, we, we owe so much to you uh, for setting some just amazing foundations and core values and roots. And, and, and we support them as missionaries, uh, Gatebreakers Ministry. And not only do we support them as a church as, as missionaries, but we support them as friends because they're dear friends to not only our house here, but to Robbie and I personally. And so I would love for you to give a warm welcome to Pastor Stan and Kathleen Fleming as they come and they minister to us this morning. Come on. Hey, good morning. It is so great to be here. We are so blessed. Um, I think it was Rhoda who told me, she goes, well, I said, she's, I said, I'm so happy to be here. She says, you always are. And it's true. And um, even, even through, even though there are new people and people we've never met before, look what God has done. So many of them. <laughs> it's wonderful. And we just, we are thankful that you have invited us, invited us to come today. So that's wonderful. Are you there yet? Oh, you're waiting for me? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. The top of the morning to you. It's uh, so good to be here, and it is, uh, we're so honored uh, and thanks, thankful to uh, Pastor Jeff and, and Robbie for inviting us. You know, it's, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. We, we do have a, a slide to prove that we were here way back when. And so yeah, yeah. And that is like yeah. <laughs> in the Furport building uh, of House of the Lord. And so, I don't know if you can recognize the uh, fine-looking gentleman in that photo. But, 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 but the beautiful woman is my wife right there. So that was the last of the hippie weddings as Jimmy and Deanne are here today. And they were there, all right? So they were, <laughs> we've been with them for years and years. So true. And um, people actually picked wildflowers on their way to the wedding because we needed flowers. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They would stop by the road and pick wildflowers and bring them. It was it was great, and um, and then of course a year later, and you can see the sign House of the Lord. This was up in Furport, the original building, and um, yeah, anyway, yeah. so that's yeah. just proof in yeah, case you were yeah. like wondering. And you know, so many so many wonderful miracles have happened in this house over the years, and it's been an, an amazing journey. Uh, uh, there's Jimmy, Brennan, and Deanne, once again, our dear friends who, who helped build this very building. And 
We have seen so many uh, amazing things happen over the years. I, I, one of our first tasks was to help start the Christian school in 1980. My background was education, and so I was asked to help start the school way back when. And so and my wife was a French teacher, and so we had French going on and all that kind of stuff and did that for many years. Fifteen years ago, uh, the Lord told us to step out of lead pastor ministry and to start gate breaker ministries. And it's based upon Matthew 16, 18, the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. And so I have been doing that for the last 15 years, moved down to the Boise area of Idaho. And we had our girls in high school and junior high at that time. And and so we moved down there. And I have gone to many nations over the years. It's kind of interesting because it was in this room in 1985 when we were being set in as elders that a woman prophetess prophesied over my life that I would be like an arrow that went to the nations. And she did it like 12 times, go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you know, a lot of people, in fact, all of us are called to be missionaries in our communities. But for whatever reason, God sometimes says to somebody, okay, I'm going to use you over here. And and that's kind of what he's done with my life. And so I've gone a lot of times to Kenya. I've got some slides up here. I've been going to Kenya since 2009 and uh, started, and that Kathleen is there with me in that picture. And I think I've been to Kenya uh, working with that college for pastors uh, 36 times. Somebody say, wow. I mean, and so I actually figured out I've been in Kenya more than a year of my life. And so it's like, uh, you know, just a lot of times back and forth. And and then also in 2009, kind of uniquely, um, much to my wife's chagrin, um, the Lord uh, miraculously opened up a door for me to go to Pakistan. And so I went to Pakistan and we now have 24 schools there. We have, uh, Gatebreaker Ministries does, and we have, we have three churches that we started. We've seen thousands and thousands of Muslims give their life to Jesus Christ. I personally stood in a cr- front of a crowd of 12,000 people and had 2,500 people stand up and give their lives to Jesus Christ. And so we've seen a lot of miracles over the years. We have seven trade schools for women. We teach them to become seamstresses. And we've had over 300 graduates since 2009. And in 2012, um, uh, a young man there who calls me dad named Rizwan, and he's my GBM partner. I've got two partners over there. We talked about helping these kids that were slaves in the brickyards. And there's 20,000 brickyards just in the Punjab region of Pakistan. And, and each one of them has their slaves. And the government will not educate them. And education is the only way for them to get out of slavery, to work out of their indentured bond servant type of thing, and to get better jobs. And so basically we started schools for them. We now have 17 schools for these, for these kids, primary schools. And, and now our vision is to build a secondary school because if they can make it to the 10th grade level and they can learn English, and 
I've got video clips of them learning English. I've been there listening to them speaking English and learning mathematics and geography and all of the other things. We do the best we can. We have to rent places inside the brickyards. But basically, these slaves, they work 12 hours a day, six days a week, but they get free time. And on their free time, we can educate them a couple of two or three hours every single day. We buy uniforms for them. We, we provide the teachers, the curriculum, everything else. And, and in the Spirit of God, we will see them set free someday. And so we have, we have this vision, it's growing, and, and we are, so if anybody has an extra $100,000 to put to this school, really appreciate it, you know, but even $5 helps. And, and so basically we've got that going on. And then the last area that God gave me a great passion for was Israel. And I don't, you know, it's kind of amazing, but I've taken uh, six teams there over the years. And this next February, I'm going to take our seventh team. My daughters are going to go with me. And um, so we take kind of like small teams. But if any of you are interested in going that last week of February, it's kind of like a spiritual pilgrimage. It's introduction to Israel. And it is, it's basically, you know, the best we can do. We pray for a lot of people there. Uh, give me your email address before you leave today, if you're interested, and I'll get you the information. Before we get into kind of our main topic today, which uh, is interesting because about five weeks ago, uh, in the middle of the night, I was praying, and the Lord, I was asking him, Lord, what do you want us to share? What do you want me to share? And he gave me uh, this scripture I'm going to share with you in a moment, and it was the only it was just kind of like he said to me, okay, you're going you're gonna to start the, the message that way. And I was like, okay. And it, you know, it's kind of like he'd fill in the rest later on. Well, then a couple weeks later, she comes to me and she has this word burning in her heart. And it was kind of like the Lord saying, okay, this is the other part of the message. So we're going to get into that. But the scripture that the Lord gave me was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So it's like really basic theology stuff, basic doctrine. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so he told me to remind the house of the Lord just of this basic idea that we are sinners saved by grace. And I know that's, I know everybody pretty much as a Christian understands that, but sometimes I think we need to slow down and remind ourselves of that. That we aren't better than anybody else. You know, we shouldn't judge anybody else. Um, we, should have, we should have humility in our hearts. How many of you know you're sinners saved by grace? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we try to walk in our lives in the best way we can. But we all, we all make mistakes. The, um, a couple days ago, I kind of jabbed my wife. Um, we were with some friends and I, I dissed her. And I, I didn't mean to, you know, it wasn't conscious of me, but I did. And, and later on, I realized I'd done it. I apologized to her. But, but as I was thinking about this, uh, the Lord kind of spoke to me like about the words of Paul. Remember in, in uh, Romans chapter 7 where, where Paul says, you know, those things that I would not do, I end up doing those things, you know. And, and, and then also the idea is that we have to die daily. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, that we have to die daily. 
We have to crucify this flesh daily. We, you know, it's, it's like Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but, and so our, our sins are washed away, but yet every single day, you guys, we have to take on this flesh nature. We have to take it on. You know what I'm talking about? We've got to take it on, and we've got to, like Paul says, nail it to the cross. And so we have to overcome it every single day. And sometimes I, I you know, I'm just like anybody else. I lose it. So um, the application to me is that we are sinners saved by grace. We need to walk in humility and compassion as much as possible. We need to try not to judge others. And that's pretty hard in this political climate today and culture in which we live. But that's where our hearts should be. And um, uh, we, we should do what we need to do to make our heart right before the Lord. And so I just kind of want to pray for us and then we're going to segue into the, the next part of it. How many of you would just admit that you need Jesus Christ in your lives? <laughs> Father, we just come before you right now. We just thank you for who you are and that you shed your blood for us. Uh, by your stripes, we are healed. We, we just thank you for, I think of that song, Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. And Lord, we just ask you to come in, purify us and help us as we live our lives before you. And I ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And now I'm going to turn it over to my wife. Amen. Just really quick, because he mentioned about going to Pakistan, much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> and I, I can't get into the story, but I will say this. Yeah, I was a little worried um, at the time. But when you find out that it is the will of the Lord, like if you know, if you get confirmation this is God. This is what the Lord is doing, even to send you into some difficult places, maybe dangerous places. Um, then you have, you, if you can't deny, like if you just say, I know that I know that I know, then all of a sudden you just say, you know what? I stand in faith. And because um, I was kind of worried about him originally going over and, you know, they never find him and then it just goes on. Then I had to have, and, and once he went, I'm like, you go because I know this is God. Well, then when our daughter started going with him, then I'm like, that's a whole new level. You know, when you have your kids, like, fine, go, but my girls. (laughs) So we walk in faith. You know why? Because if we get a word from the Lord and it is confirmed, then you stand strong in faith and you fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will comfort you and uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, right? And that is exactly what we, 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 um, we cling to. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to mention that because yeah, I totally went when, when it became confirmed, then it was, we're on. This is on and this is a venture that we were going to keep going until the Lord would close doors. But right now they're open, right? And so in this world of ours, when the door opens, that's Paul prayed, pray for an open door for us for the gospel. Well, when the door opens, we go, Right. And so in whatever situation, here in America too, you know, door opened. Anyway, so in the beginning of the year, January, you guys, like me, I'm sure we all kind of, it's a new year, right? And we're kind of, okay, uh, it's 2022, and Lord, what are you going to do? And we start seeking God, and we usually have services where we're uh, 
just kind of seeking the Lord for the year. And a lot of you, do you guys, uh, maybe some of you like to have, ask God to give you a scripture to cling to for the year? Do you guys do that? Like, I know I really like to get a scripture um, that I can just kind of just memorize and then quote regularly. And I got my scripture. And then what surprised me, though, is that a word, one word dropped into my spirit, and that was the word shalom. And so we are sitting here, um, we're going to talk about shalom. We're calling this part conversa- a conversation about shalom. And we're sitting here, and we're going to have a little conversation, but honestly, we want to be engaged with you. Okay, have you ever been to a place where you were actually listening to somebody's conversation, pretending that you weren't? You're looking at your phone, but you're listening to what they're saying. It's quite interesting sometimes. And, um, or you wish that you had been a fly on the wall. Nobody wishes that they could yes, be a they fly do. on People the wall. Say it. Oh, how just many think wish? about that image. I just I think know, of the, that old movie, The <laughs> you Fly. Understand? You understand the metaphor, but you know, right? This is what we do. All right, so I'm just telling you right now, you are not flies on the wall, and this is not a restaurant. Uh, I got to take a drink, though. Um, but seriously, um, we are gonna we're gonna have a conversation about shalom, and I'm gonna I'm I've been on this seven month journey, and I, I it's so strong in me that I just see everything through this lens. I know probably you're the same. When you start studying something, it just applies to everything and everyone at the time. And that's just the way God's word is. Um, So shalom uh, is a very interesting word now. You go to uh, Israel a lot. Right. And it's true. And and they, you know, they will greet you with shalom. And then when they say goodbye, it's shalom. They just, they just speak shalom. It's, it's deep part of their culture. Yeah. Well, this, what that we're talking about is the peace of God. And, but it's so much deeper. It's not like back in the hippie days, you know, peace. It's not like that. Not. No, it's not. And I even had a peace symbol. I did. But it, this, is, this is deeper than that. And it means safe and friendly. And, and it, it refers to health and prosperity and peace. And I love this when it, it says, holy well, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I was thinking a lot about that because the work that the Lord began in us is going to continue, right? So, so we are not partially, we're not going to be just partial, partially whole or a little bit well. But the Lord is working in us and working in our lives. And I'll give you an example. All right, six o'clock in the morning, it's dark. I'm driving to work. I'm praying. And I'm praying for a loved one. And I'm begging God, literally begging God, Lord, you got to do something here. You got to do something. You got to do something. Probably said that a lot. Um, Because this is desperate and we, we need something here. Now, I am not a mathematician. I wish I were, because I think math is everything. Like, well, I used to think French was everything, and now I'm like, math. But I, I don't think math way. I don't have a math brain, all right? 
And all of a sudden, by the way, the way that she snagged me was she told me she was a, she was into French and she was thinking about becoming a missionary. Yeah, that's true. And it really attracted me to her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, that was random. <laughs> anyway, so as I was praying, all of a sudden it just dropped into my spirit, and I knew it was from the Lord. I knew it was because who could make this up? And it, and He said to me, the sum of the parts equal the whole. And immediately I saw this kind of oval shape. And I went home, you know, at the end of the day, and I drew it out, and I colored in the pieces. All right, so the Lord, there's a part here, and then another part is added, and then another part. And pretty soon, there's this whole, like there's completeness. Now, have I gone to the Lord since then and said, um, Lord, it's time to add another part. Right. Yeah, I have. But I, I think this, is so, this has been so good for me in my life anyway that I share it with you because we are to be whole. Our loved ones are to be whole. Do not despair about what you see in your loved one's lives because... Their story is not over. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is still at work. He has not stopped. And so we as God's people have to keep trusting. And this is where Shalom comes in this time for us. Is that we, listen, we have Jesus in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And when he came into our lives, he gave us exousia authority. We forget about that authority. Yeah, we're sinners saved by grace, but we also can stand in the power of God. And we can also speak the word to the principalities and powers. And we have authority to take charge in the name of Jesus and to touch people's lives, to bring deliverance and to speak shalom into their life. And to pray for that shalom, right. right? And so we got to remember that deep in the core of our being, who we are in Jesus. And then... Uh, it's the word Irene. Yeah. So in the New Testament, Irene is the equivalent of shalom in Greek. But this is, I mean, the Irene Greek. And it means to, it means peace. To join peace. Yeah. Like to join with peace, to join together what was separated or divided, and includes to harmonize, and it makes peace. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, is anybody named Irene here in this? Do we have any Irenes? I was telling First Service, I'm sure, that Irene's going to become a popular name down the road, because in English, this Irene translates into Irene, and it was very popular name in the early church. So um, I just find these two words like so important that I began uh, to just really pray for shalom. So it starts in me, in us, right? It starts in us, but then as we we then can pray, like we all we're all the same. We all have been in these situations or live in these situations. We have difficulties and. Uh, we need peace uh, in our families, in in our jobs, in our church, in our 
communities in our nation, in our world. And so I've just been on this, um, this adventure of praying shalom, praying for shalom in, in yeah, we, we met we met somebody a couple weeks ago, and it was kind of interesting. And this individual was very needy, it seemed like. But uh, I was there, and I was kind of like that fly on the wall. Um, but I watched as Kathleen was able to speak peace into this individual's life and just shalom into this individual's life. And it actually makes a difference. Well... You know, we we all know what's going on in the world today. It's very combative, very confrontational, and um, there's a lot of mockery. And, um, you know, uh, I, I know there's a spirit of intimidation that can come on God's people, and and we've all probably felt it. But I know that with shalom, the peace of God, we can be given... Uh, just that discernment and that wisdom to be able to speak what we're supposed to speak, but to do it with the right manner. And so we're going to look at a couple of key scriptures first. We're going to kind of exegete them and go through and, and, and just see how this shalom works in our lives on a very practical level. Okay, so we're going to look first at... Um, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And this is, this is a yeah. powerful scripture and one that you've probably read it you know, many times, dozens of times, uh, because let's face it, we all kind of get stressed out. We all get anxious at times and we need God to bring us peace. But it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. Please say that with me. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, when we're in situations in our life, we can speak peace into those situations. We can speak peace into those storms in our lives. So, you know, I'm a teacher, and um, I, I, teach, I'm, I teach middle school now. And um, so I am just driven to put everything, simplify everything, and put everything into steps. So when I look at this, I look at four steps, basically, okay? So um, it's interesting because Paul starts out in this passage, and the first thing he says is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And if you look up that word rejoice, it means to be cheerful, calmly happy, and glad. And my first reaction is, what? Because first of all, Paul, are you sure you wanted to start there? Because in my mind, I'm like, well, okay, maybe that should be the end thing when you tell us why and how we should rejoice. Because uh, let's face it, there are we go through really, really hard times and things and situations. And just a few days ago, I had a, a young lady um, write me, and, and she said, I have gone through a lot since my whole life. My whole life I've had really hard, hard things, my whole entire life since birth. 
And it is true. And I had to say, yeah, you have. And there are no easy answers for that. There are no easy answers for suffering. And yet we're told to rejoice. And so, you know, I, I know that, um, I, I just told her, look, all I know is this. I don't, I don't know a lot, but you are an overcomer and you are modeling to us. You are showing us how to overcome, even in the most adverse circumstances. And someone said, you know, it's not whether you will suffer because we will, but it's suffering well suffering well and that's what we are to do and so I think Paul actually of course Paul had it right because when we start out with rejoicing here when we don't even know the whys or the what's or whatever we stand in faith Lord I don't know anything and I don't know why but I'm going to rejoice and not because everything's going well because there's going to be conflict but when you know, tribulation. But I stand in the work of Christ. I stand in the redemption of Jesus. I stand on his word and I rejoice in that and his promises. Amen. So then it goes on to say, um, let your reasonableness, um, which means appropriate gentleness, moderation, patience, um, let your reasonableness uh, be known to everyone. Someone said harshness is the opposite of the idea of being reasonable or appropriate or gentle or moderate or patient. And then it says the Lord is at hand. And in the early church, that was a common saying, the Lord is at hand. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, well, it keeps our, our eyes, our mind and our heart on the big picture. We cannot lose sight of the big picture, right? And what is important in light of eternity? So, you know, I just got to interject something here. So we were talking about rejoicing. And what was coming to my mind was that old movie, Chariots of Fire. You guys remember that movie? Yeah. And, and, and it's a great movie if you've never watched a true story about the Olympics way back when. And this Irish guy, he could just run like the wind. He could just beat anybody. And in this, in this one race, and whenever he would run, he was so excited about running, he'd get this big smile on his face, you know. He was just rejoicing. And, and then he would just whip everybody, right? And, and, and in this one scene, in this one race, he got tripped. And he goes down. I mean, he goes down. He's just rolling around the ground and everything else. And there's no way that this guy is going to get back up and do anything. But you know what? He got back up and he started running. And he gets this big smile. It's like, what are you smiling about, man? You're all banged up and bloody and everything else. He just gets this big smile. And he just races like the wind and he beats everybody. You know, he comes back and he beats everybody. And you know, that's who God wants us to be in our lives. To, to, when we fall down, you know, a righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets back up again. He wants us to run like the wind and finish the race. Um, part three then says, do not be, or step three, do not be anxious about anything. Wow, that's easier said than done. And I don't know, look at, I'll just confess, you know, that's been something that I've had to deal with a lot in my life. I'm way less anxious now than I was, but I dealt with anxiety 
But, you know, you just keep giving it over to the Lord. And, um, it, but Paul says, but, I think the Holy Spirit is saying that. Yeah, don't be anxious in anything, but, in, and here's how I hear it quoted a lot. So I'm going to quote it how I, I hear it, okay? In everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Mm. Wrong. Is there, well, is there anything missing there? Yeah. What's missing? Yeah. So, you know, Thanksgiving is not like, let's just tack it on. Kind of like a business letter, you know, it's, you know, you know, adulting. Adults, do you know how many business letters, do you guys write a lot of business, business letters? What does that even mean? It's just an, what, an adult thing? Yeah, adulting. We're always writing, I don't know, but it's a, it's a thing that they say now. But, uh, <laughs> but we're always having to write these business letters. I mean, I write so many, I don't know why. Um, but I, but always at the end, you know, thank you very much, very official, you know. Thanksgiving is not attack attack on at the end with Thanksgiving. This is woven into the idea of prayer in our prayer and supplication. Uh, it's entwined with Thanksgiving. All right, we just don't go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. No, we are not doing that. Thanks. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, right? And um, so, so important. And we are to pray. We are to pray into those situations and into uh, every everything that we're dealing with. And supplication has that idea of making our petitions known. And it includes begging. And I know you've probably begged God before. I mean, we do. Um, the main thing about Thanksgiving is that we are speaking forth grateful language as an act of worship right. in the midst of our anxiousness. Yeah, and in the midst of a difficult situation. Yes, we, that's the key, grateful language as an act of worship in spite of it all. And then you know what happens? The peace of God which passes all, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and guard Amen. is the true word of what it should be. So if you are looking at a King James uh, Bible, it'll use the word rule, but if you really look into the, um, the Greek here, it is talking about, and ruling can fit, not, don't, you know, don't get me wrong, but it is this idea of to garrison or to guard. And um, it, it, someone said, anxiousness is an intruder. And that intruder does not belong. And you know what will keep it out? Shalom. Shalom will keep out the intruder. It will guard our entire being. And we need our whole being, and our minds. And you know what happens in our minds because um, we, we struggle with our thoughts so much and we have faulty thinking and we have all these things. And what happens is the anxiety and the things that we, all of it, you know, it ends up affecting our bodies. It does a number on our bodies. 
it, it, it affects everything. And so we need the peace of God. And if we have the peace of God, the shalom in us, then we are much more able to uh, give it That's good. to others. That's really good. How does that how does that intersect with us in, you know, what's happening in society today and in the church? How does that type of, uh, how, how, you know, in a real practical sense, how can we bring that into our lives? Yeah, um, and we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks. It's such an interesting um, topic, but, you know, um, we're all working out in the world, and we're all we are very well about we're well aware of what's happening. But um, I know that uh, I'll just give you an example. If I'm reading Facebook, I got off Facebook for like eight months. It was actually I had to because I was really. How many of you had to get off Facebook? <laughs> yeah. It was. I was really struggling because um, I was getting so much anxiety because of the fighting, and honestly, I saw fighting going on that shouldn't be, and I saw it in I don't know the body of Christ, and 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 then people without you know just just the just the arguing and and everything. Okay, but now I'm back on, but I. I go on and I'm like, I am not going to let the intruder of anxiousness rob me. And we are, there's a scripture. Hey, let's just, let's just go there right now. As you're going you to the scripture, let, so me, I'm just gonna let, let me, let me tell you about, there's a, a document known as the Didache, which was one of the first books in the new church in the <clears throat> early New Testament days. It was written between 50 A.D. and 120 A.D., and it would be kind of like a hymnal, if you will, in, in the back of the pope in the chairs, and and it was from the apostles, and it was just about 10 pages long. You can download it on the internet if you want to, and um, and basically it talked about the gospel and the different things that people should be doing in church, praying, and all these types of things, the coming of the Lord. But one of the things that's said in there is. Don't be too opinionated, you know? And, and so we've been dealing with opinionated people for 2,000 years, right? And, and, so, and so sometimes we just have to be able to take a step back, don't ourselves be too opinionated, and speak peace into the eye of the storm. Yeah, and you know, I just, like, in just dealing with our society today, and, and even, you know, how do I, how do I deal with this? Like, we, we are who we are in Jesus. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to um, apologize. But we, we, there is a right way. And I, I just bring this out really carefully, just right now, and um, from Colossians 4, verse 4. 5 and 6. It just says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And so I guess in our shalom, we pray for discernment. Lord, help me, help me to discuss this without feeling like, well, I'm we, we, if a confrontational spirit comes our way, our initial flesh nature, maybe I should just speak for myself, but I just want to just, I, you, can you start this little combative thing? You know, and so instead I'm going, Lord, give me shalom because I, why should I be threatened? 
Jesus in me. And so then I can, we can have the conversations, the tough conversations that have to happen, you know? So I think, I think that answered your question. Yeah, it did. Okay, so we are eyes on the time because... Um, okay, so we're going to... Let me read this yeah, out of... Uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Okay. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another... And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Yeah. So um, I kind of love this this, uh, scripture because... Uh, the part where it says, let the peace of God rule um, in your hearts, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And he brought up the Olympics. Well, this is, uh, commentators agree that this is sort of a term um, of presiding over, like as a judge in the Olympics or a moderator, um, umpire uh, determining who the victor would be. And so when we let it rule, it presides and governs our mind and it preserves everything in its place. And um, it, you know, listen, we get these, these things that rise up in us, the flesh nature and things, but peace can preside over it and help, help, help the situation. And, you know, our minds are really important, like we were mentioning. And I know that um, I can, I'm good at, I can, well, we're all good at, like, we can come and say the right thing. But in our mind, we're doing another thing like kind of feeling upset with somebody or a situation. And I, I'm always having to go, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. I need that because I need shalom, which means that I need to forgive. As the Lord has forgiven me, I must forgive even if it's somebody close to me and maybe I don't like what's going on or they haven't, whatever, I have to forgive. And I know that forgiveness is a process, but I think if we really want shalom, if we really want the peace of God, we have to get on that journey of forgiveness. And believe me, some things take a long time. And it's because of the seven times 70. I don't know what that equals. That's just a metaphor, right? But you know, it does feel like sometimes we are dealing with things that need to be forgiven that many times. And it really, 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 really is hard. But we really can do it through Jesus. And we want that shalom. I think, you, I think we need to camp on that for just a minute. Yeah. We really can do that. You know, if there's, if there's a burden that you've been carrying that you don't have peace about, we really can do that. Christ can really do that in your lives, mm-hmm. in our lives. He really can bring peace yeah. into the situation. I just sensed as you were saying that, that there's a little bit of like kickback and in the spirit, like, oh no, not in this situation in my life. Believe me, Christ can bring peace. 
it might not always be the resolution that we think it should be, but he can bring peace into this situation in our lives. I have just a couple scriptures I want to share. And I think they're all pertinent. Isaiah 26, 3, and my tablet just went black. Do you want this? Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Just a powerful scripture. And then Romans 8.6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so we, we struggle with the carnality, you know, our carnal nature. But to be, when we focus upon the spirit, it brings both life to us and to our bodies, and it brings peace to us and to our bodies. And then finally, and I love this one, Romans twelve eighteen, because just the days in which we live, I think this is a powerful scripture for the moment. If it is possible, Paul says, as much as depends on you, everybody take their hand and point to, me, as much as depends upon me, live peaceably with all men. You know, as much as we can, we try to live peacefully with all men. I just think those are powerful, pertinent scriptures that we need to have in our hearts, you know, and and, and move forward in this life. Those are really good. You know, um, there's an expression that says, a full glass. Now, if we look at ourselves as a glass filled with Jesus. A full glass has no room for poison. Really important. Really important. A full glass has no room for poison. So we we just, our job, job, that sounds terrible to say job, but you know, we just need to seek God. We need to seek Jesus. We we just need to let him do the work in us. He who began a good work in us will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. And so our purpose in Shalom, in speaking about Shalom, is so that we can, well, hopefully there's an impartation, and we are going to pray in a minute. But with all, I me too, us too, we want to walk out of here saying, okay, Lord, I have a new vision and revelation of Shalom in my own life, in my family, and like when we see things stirring up, listen, there are a couple things going on. First of all, we have to remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. There is that going on, this spiritual warfare. There is an accuser of the brethren. Within the body of Christ, there is an accuser. Things stir up, and pretty soon, we don't realize it, but there's, you know, these divisions and things. And so we just have to be filled up with Jesus and on our guard. It doesn't mean we can't have strong discussions. It doesn't mean we can't be honest. We need to be honest. We need to ask questions. It's okay. But let's do it in the right spirit. So anyway... And, you know, I'm just sensing very strongly about the concept of families. Uh, You know, sometimes the best we can do, because, you know, we all probably go through struggles as 
as, as family members, as sons or daughters or as parents or however, you know, big the family is. And for whatever reason, I'm just sensing really strongly here that we can speak into that. And, and, as, and as parents, by the way, we should speak into that. We should speak peace into our families. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about? We should speak peace into our families. We should speak peace into the generations. Now, we can't make anybody do anything. All we can do is simply present um, the case of what the Bible talks about, and then we can speak peace into it. And so for any of you parents out there that are just disturbed by things that are happening in your family's life, you know what, let's just stand. You know what, you can do whatever you want. You can kneel, you can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever. But if, if you're a parent right here, right now, that, that just wants to speak peace into your family, like there's just a need to speak peace in some area of your family's life. It could be, it could be anything. It could be a situation. It could be an individual. It could be a grandchild. It could be a sister, a brother, a mother, a dad, whatever. But if you're, if you are, uh, just in your family, your immediate family, whatever that is, I just want you to raise your hands up right now, and I just want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. You see our hands raised to you, and God, we pray that your peace, your shalom, will come into our families. That your peace, your shalom, will come into the situations in our family's lives. And whatever that, whatever that is, whatever that relationship is, whatever that, that problem, that, that misunderstanding, whatever it is, Father, that, that broken trust, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, we pray for merciful healing to go forth, Father God. Yes. We pray for merciful healing to go forth. I pray that broken relationships will be mended in the name of Jesus Christ. And that there will be like oil that will pour out upon the broken hearts. And that God, that you will bring shalom. Shalom. Everybody say that with me. Shalom. Shalom into the midst of the situation. And now, right now, for... 30 seconds. I just want you to pray out to the Lord about that situation in your life. Just pray it out to the Lord, whatever that is right now, about that situation, that relationship, whatever that is. Just pray it to the Lord. Just ask Him for shalom in the midst of that situation in your life.